Welcome to the Your Bold Life podcast. I'm Val Selby and I'm an empowerment coach to women over 40. I take a stand that it's time for you to take your turn in life. Make sure that you are subscribed to your favorite platform to hear the latest and go back to the golden nuggets in past episodes. You can also sign up for the IDGAF Years Happiness is a Choice workbook for free to get notice of new episodes each week. It is so much fun to check my emails to see what woman I'll be talking to here on the podcast next. Women from around the world that, I mean, it, honestly, it wasn't too long ago that I'd never even consider that I'd be able to connect with. Like today, I have a wonderful Rochelle Marie, all the way from Australia, which is on my bucket list trips, by the way. I love open, the opening spot on her website, step into a leadership role where you can make a difference because you're a mom, not in spite of it. Yes. So welcome Rochelle. And how did you step into your leadership role? Oh, um, I, I feel like in a way I pushed my way into my leadership role. Nice. <laughs> Just full on ownership, right? <laughs> That's it. I, I started acting it before I was it. And so nice. I feel like I didn't leave them a choice. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a positive, like fake it till you make it. Uh, yeah, there, there was a bit of that, but I think um, I knew what I brought to the table. And I think for the longest time, I kind of hid it in a way, right? Because I didn't want to annoy those above me and I didn't want to step on toes and I didn't want to get in people's spaces uh, and then I had a bit of a, a shift and thought well no this is who I am and I can bring this without stepping on toes necessarily and so I, yeah I just started showing up fuller and I think um, that's you know that's one of the ways I ended up in my leadership role so um, yes I love that yeah owning your personality um did that did that take you quite a while to do that because for me it was 2017 when I really really embraced it <laughs> so yeah. I was pretty old by the time I finally fully embraced my loud and enormous self <laughs> <laughs> um you know what I think I've done it in waves so I think I'd done it before. I think I had like, cause I'd been a leader way back in my career, before, you know, the, the BC days before children days, mm -hmm. um, I had been in a leadership role and I had no problem back then owning who I was. Uh, and then I had the kids and I took time out of career world. Um, I ran a few businesses. I did some retail and hospitality type roles so that I could work around my then husband's hours and, you know, we could sort of share childcare and work. Mm -hmm. um, and somehow in that whole process, I stepped back a lot from me and, and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot in there in that yeah. story, but um, part of it's definitely becoming a mother and, you know, I think before becoming a mother, some of my ego was tied up in that career journey that I was on and where I was heading and how far I'd got. Mm -hmm. And then becoming a mother and stepping out of that entirely kind of left me adrift a little bit as to who I really was now. And, you know, where had my ego gone? <laughs> it, was, mm -hmm. it wasn't where it was. And so I had to re-find it, I think. For sure. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one of the things when when my nest emptied, 
was my, my loss. I didn't have that career. And so this was my, this was my career was raising the kids at that point. You know, like you said, I'd had the odd jobs and doing stuff here and there and helping all over and and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have that career and that thing that was just for me. Yes. And I was definitely, absolutely lost at that point. So how did you start helping other women jump into that leadership role? Yeah, so I I still work full time and I and I'm lucky in that I love my job. And yeah. and when I say lucky, I worked my way towards this job because I knew I would love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but I do, I love it and I have a wonderful team. Uh, but I'd come from an a few jobs where I wasn't so lucky, it wasn't the greatest team, or it wasn't, you know, the job wasn't exactly me or um, I didn't fit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had experience of, um, you know, not, not the perfect leadership. And then after I sort of, you know, had this great role, one of my strengths is being a relator. So connecting with other people, even, you know, quite quickly. So I would often have women coming to me and telling me stories about their career journey and their career life and uh, too often those stories were of managers that were um, really impacting their lives in negative ways and the last straw for me was a lovely lady that just shared that she had vomited on the way to work because she was that stressed about turning up to her manager for another day yeah ugh poor girl honestly it broke my heart and at work that you know it's the position I'm in has nothing to do with that stuff and I wish that I could have waved a magic wand and fixed it for her or you know bought policies into work that just made that not a thing anymore because it shouldn't be a thing for anybody Mm -hmm. but that's not the role that I'm in and I had very little um you know, say in that matter. And so I certainly sort of steered her to the areas that I thought could help her um, and empathize. And I just, in my head, I was like, this is it. This is enough. I can't just sit here and, you know, hear these stories and do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of thought, well, what can I do? And I, I'm not, I'm not a magician as much as I'd like to be, as much as I <laughs> Harry Potter and want my own wand (laughs) so I can't go into workplaces and magically make the the managers that aren't great and that don't get it I can't make them into leaders overnight but what I was seeing at the same time was I was working with with a whole lot of women that were in this level that is like they're at the top of their game from a technical perspective, whatever their the thing is that they do, they do very well. Uh, they were leaders in all but role. So, mm-hmm. you know, the way they um, presented themselves and cared for other people and pr- provided vision and, and just the whole leadership thing, they were there, but they weren't able to get to that next level. Um, and I'm not talking CEO or, you know, breaking glass ceiling stuff. I'm just talking that level between, um, you know, good individual and manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's what I call it. There's, there's a glass shelf there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, at the moment, I think stats show that 62% of men 
take up that middle management level role, yeah. even though the workforce is 50-50. And it's, it sort of starts from there and moves its way up. So it gets worse the higher you go in mm-hmm. level. But the first step to me is always getting this pipeline, so-called pipeline of people. So, so that that middle management role needs to be 50%. It needs to be 50%. And, and not just in um, male, female, but even in our, and this is going off topic a little bit, but yeah, it, no. <laughs> it's something I'm passionate about, is even in our leadership selves, we want to be part feminine and part masculine. And that's what we want to bring to a leadership role, both mm-hmm. men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of work to be done in that space. And now I've completely gone off topic. No, not <laughs> at all. And yeah, that's, that is an inter- interesting topic because it's, it's true. I mean, even looking at what I do, I work with women because that's what I understand. And of course I work for myself. So that's a lot easier, you know, I, I can, I can target that, but if I was working in a different environment, it, it, might be more difficult for me to relate to some of the things that the guys are, are, are dealing with or, yeah. or, or how they process. I mean, just even being married forever. I know he processes <laughs> things completely different for me. And sometimes we're just looking at each other cross-eyed, cross-eyed going, how do you not understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, completely foreign languages. Um, <laughs> and, and I would love to see us you know, if, wouldn't it be great if we were taught that at school, how to understand each other? Yeah, or at least just the understanding that we might never understand each other. <laughs> so we need to, to understand that fact so we can like chill out and just say, okay, I'm not getting it. Can we explain it in another way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. it might need a third way. Okay, it might need a fourth way. <laughs> can you draw it in crayon? <laughs> So I love that you had talked about the fact that um, you were working with her and giving her tips was part of that. I know you're talking the topic that's 100% my favorite is taking control of your life. Was that part of what you were talking to um, that poor lady about when you were giving her tips about, you know, leveling her job or, or taking control of her life or yeah so I think at that point it was it was not formed enough in my head and I didn't Um, I have gone back since and it is something that I'm super passionate about and I had to though have some space to recognize that that's what I'd done before Mm -hmm. I could sort of show other people Mm -hmm. that um, understanding Uh, but I think and this is something that I've sort of been mulling around in my head lately, and it might be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> um, I like those because <laughs> it's your opinion and it's what you're going through. So nobody yeah, can argue yeah, with that. Yeah. And I'm, and I want to be very careful with the way I frame this, but I've been thinking around, you know, gender equality is a big issue. It has been a big issue for quite some time. And from what I understand, we're about 200 years away from it being equal. So (laughs) we're probably going to be grappling with this for some time to come. And there's been a lot of work done on it. There's, you know, we're very clear on what the unconscious biases are that we have in workplaces and in life. And, you know, so much so that when someone says the word leader, the immediate thought is male. It's not like female just doesn't, 
isn't the first thought that you come to. It's always male when you think leader. So there's definitely unconscious biases from both women and men about what leaders are uh, and how leaders behave. And um, so, you know, that can exclude women from getting promoted because they're not men, funnily enough. Um, so, you know, there's, it's definitely a thing and it's an important thing and the work needs to continue to break down those unconscious biases. But what I wondered lately is whether that narrative doesn't help us as much individually. It definitely is needed for the collective. Mm -hmm. But what I'm starting to wonder is, and this is from my perspective, I know all of that stuff. And so then I have an excuse as to why I'm not moving up in my career because the world's bias against me. And so clearly that's why I'm not moving up in my career. And so I don't then allow myself or give myself permission to fully own my career path and fully own um, how I'm showing up because I've already given part of that responsibility away. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. Yeah. I wondered, I wondered at the beginning when you were talking, if that's the, the route you're going is it, it then creates an excuse for us not to totally go for it, to hold back with that, that little bit of fear of success or fear of failure that would hold us back anyways. We're like, oh, but you know, 62% of it's men anyway. So, you know, yes. do I really have it in me to be in that 48? Yeah. Am I really good enough to be that 48? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's the, the harder, the good and the bad thing about stats, right. And learning this stuff is it's yeah. in our head. Yeah. So then we have to figure out is, is that, am I going to own it or am I just going to take it and move on from it? Which is probably where yeah. you come in, right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um, is is understanding and and helping women see uh, the possibilities for themselves, and understanding that they're in control of reaching those possibilities. Um, all of them. It's all within their control, um, and that's it's a huge realization um, and a kind of big responsibility, and yet so empowering to yeah. really get that for sure did you have like a moment when you realized that you had that power and that that of that power of your over your life I don't I, there wasn't one moment it was a series of things that I did and then the result came and then I could look back yes and go oh yeah I that was me I did that I you know, I stopped playing small and I stopped having my voice silenced and uh, I started working on my confidence and started stepping up and um, stopped caring about what people were going to judge me about because invariably they're going to judge me. So it's, right. you know, it doesn't matter what it's about, they're going to judge me. So I might as well be doing the thing that makes me happy uh, happy and you know increasing my capability and increasing my um possibilities yes. uh, uh, because they're gonna judge me anyway so go for it <laughs> exactly oh my gosh so did that happen in your 40s 
Yes, that, yes. Although, again, I think there's waves. So I think it happened in my 20s as well a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I reclaimed it in my 40s far more fully than I had yeah. in my 20s. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. yeah, saying that, you know, you you went through the waves of it. I, I can look back for sure and, and see that there were times where I was really rocking the confidence and and yeah. and feeling it. And, and, you know, I can look back and, and remember that those were really good family years. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I was full of confidence and happy. And, and it was when I wasn't owning who I was that th- things were not amazing. But I know, like in, like you said, in my forties is when I really, I realized that's what I was doing. I realized that the waves were happening, um, which is one of the hard parts now, because now we can't unrealize when we're going through a wave, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. With this knowledge comes responsibility. Yes, I know. I had that happen at the end of the year. All of a sudden I went, oh my gosh, I'm doing bad habits again. I'm falling right back into it. And now I have to do something about it because I realize it. (laughs) I have to make changes because I know I'm making myself miserable and nobody else can make me happy but me. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, that's so annoying. It's my knight and shine armor to make everything better for me. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I have one and he usually makes me laugh, but that can yes. only go so far, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> then it just puts me into my little denial mode where I'm just like, oh, I put this in a little compartment over here and I will ignore it until later. Yeah. So you are still working full time? And you've got your her leadership way that you are running on your website. Do you want to tell my listeners a little bit about what you do over there? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, so we we have a Facebook group where we have this beautiful community of ambitious career mums who are, um, you know, they know that they're pretty good at leadership, which is exciting, um, but there are areas that they know they've got to work on. And so we're all in there supporting each other. Um, my, my values for that group are support, growth and action. And that's what I'm looking for is just, you know, a little bit each day, if we can grow 1% every day, then by the end of the year, we're something like 300 and something percent better than we were when we started the year. That's all we're looking for is just those small incremental changes. Um, and then the women that are called to join my membership group where we just really focus in on up-leveling ourselves and really taking control of our career in an intentional way uh, so that not only do we change as people and, and it does affect your life outside of work, which is a, you know, a, a pretty impressive sideline mm-hmm. <laughs> for a career course. Um, but, you know, we, we can be the leader that we want to be before we get the role uh, and then we get the role and, it's my mission to have 100,000 women empowered and inspired to make a difference. And I believe that our organizations and corporations seriously need women to step up and stop playing small and start to take ownership of their career so that those that aren't called to lead have better bosses. Yes. Turn up to work vomiting. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can remember going... I don't, 
I don't even remember what year it was now, my last job job that I had. And I was just so miserable. All I Mm. did was complain. And finally, one day I just, I woke up to the fact that I literally complained and I was looked at my husband and said, how have you been putting up with this for so long? (laughs) I'm like, I don't even want to hear myself right now. And you've been listening to this, bless your heart. (laughs) But I went and put in my resume immediately. I was like, no, I've been miserable for months. I'm like, there's definitely got to be something better out there than this, than being so unhappy. I love that you are, are owning the fact that it doesn't matter if it's a career or business or, or any of that. It's, it's all incorporating with life because mm-hmm. we yeah. bring our confidence to everything. So if we've got the confidence at work, you know, we'll have the confidence at home. Um, I, I do work with the, the women entrepreneurs and that same thing. It's like mindset's so much of it. So mm-hmm. we can go and learn a lot of stuff on our own but it's the mindset part that really sets us up for up-leveling. It, it really is. I, I can't tell you how many leadership courses I got sent on <laughs> um, in my way up the career ladder because, you know, it's, it's one of those things with gender equity. We'll send our women on more courses and then they'll become better leaders. Uh, and so I went on a number of courses in leadership and I learned all of the, the technical things. I learned um, how to approve pay sheets. I learned how to have difficult conversations, supposedly. Um, I don't agree with the way that they taught it. So that's why I say supposedly. Um, you know, I learned um, what other leadership skills are there that they were teaching whatever like they were all just those sort of hard skills um and not once did anybody cover mindset in these leadership courses um not once did they tell me that I could take control of how I was feeling and how I showed up and how I progressed in my own career it was all about just um you know making me better at the things Mm -hmm. uh and it didn't really work. Right. And you know what? Um, talking about the gender equality stuff, I, st- I struggle with the word equality. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I just do because we're always going to be different. We're always going to think different. So yeah. I-, I have to look at it just at that standpoint of we want the 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many, I-, I assume not having been in corporate at all ever, I my assumption is that most of those classes were probably created by men to train men because that's what they knew. And it, it's felt like recently we have so many more women stepping in and teaching us how to be the better leaders like you're doing. Um, the things that we need as, because that's how our brains work. And it's okay yeah. that our brains work that way. And our brains work yeah. different. Yeah. You know, that we, yeah, have, we do so. have more emotions. So what? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to change that we have more emotions. And that's part of like what you were talking about earlier, you know, was we weren't embracing those things about us because we were, you know, kind of led to believe that we shouldn't have them. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we, we shouldn't need to uh, yeah, yeah, I can't even assume as as a leader, you know, at, at work in a career, you know, how much so many for so many years trying to shut that down. Ooh. I was like, well, how do yeah, you have it, empathy it for me. your workers then? 
Exactly. And you don't. <laughs> you, no. don't you just don't. Yeah. So it's awesome that you're stepping in like other women are as well and, and trying to train the trainers. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. We, we, we get to help empower women who are going to empower women. Yeah. And that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I love it. I, I, yeah, I wrote down some stuff. I, I can be on board with helping 100,000 women be inspired to make a difference. Yeah, <laughs> we all bring different things to the table and why not embrace the heck out of that yeah awesome. yeah all right so what were um I know we talked a little bit about the fact that your mindsets did change in for in your 40s did you have anything um specific that you can remember that really changed in your 40s mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, this is probably the biggest, and I've, I have had a lot of changes in my forties. Um, I won't go into a lot of them, but, uh, I, I have recently remarried. So that's, you know, that was a big journey in itself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my forties have, I, I felt definitely more like I've stepped into me, particularly in my late forties. Um, definitely feel like I've I've stepped into me and owned me more than I ever have before in my yes. life, and I think it is a little bit about that. Um, there's a tipping point where you care less about yeah. what other people think of you. Yep, yep. <laughs> that is. Amazing. I'm calling them the id gaff years, the I don't give a fuck years. <laughs> we finally exactly. start hitting it, and that's just like like you said, they're gonna judge me anyways. Yeah. So I may as well just fully be me. And they can at least judge me for the truth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As, instead of whatever filter I put on that day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the big one for me, though, that I hadn't, I've never um, taken on before and, and never thought about before and never known before and never thought it was a problem before, I guess, as well, um, for me was this idea of taking 100% responsibility for your life. And the hard part for me, I, I thought I did that. I, I I never have seen myself as a victim. No matter what I've been through, um, I don't wallow a lot. Um, I pick myself up. I was I was the queen of resilience <laughs> because I had been through, you know, so much yeah. that I needed resilience to get through. And I would always come out the other side stronger and better and, you know, not well. And so I sort of, that's the light that I saw myself in until. <laughs> oh, isn't that hard? I had, yeah, I, I was called to um, look at situations in my life where I had not taken 100% responsibility for and the first one that came to mind was a pretty um, stressful, dismal part of my life uh, where I was involved with a man who had, turns out, had narcissistic personality disorder, uh, did not recognize it at the time. Um, looking back, it's clear, but I didn't recognize it at the time. And the end result of that uh, was that I... Um, ended up becoming bankrupt mm. after the relationship. Um, and honestly, I looked back at that and I was like, well, he, you know, it was, it was his business. I knew nothing about it. Um, I didn't know he was a narcissist. They're very good at manipulation. Um, 
I remember my mother asking me, uh, you know, so what did you learn from this? And I'm like, well, nothing. What can I learn? It's not like I can now go, well, I'm never trusting men again because that's not who I am. Um, so, you know, I could maybe get that lesson where I shouldn't trust men, but I choose not to make that the lesson I'm learning here. And, you know, he was a very manipulative man and very good at his job <laughs> and has everybody, you know, hoodwinked and thinking um, whatever it is that he wants them to think. Uh, and so I was like, no, there's no lessons here. <laughs> <laughs> And so it took a number of years later for me to actually go, you know what, I can take responsibility for this. And I, I really railed against it at the start because um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to. (laughs) And I, it wasn't my fault and I didn't feel like a victim still. I, you know, I'd moved on. I was feeling very positive. I was in a fantastic place. Um, but now when I look back, I can go, you know what? I could have had stronger boundaries. Mm-hmm. I didn't have boundaries in place that allowed me to say a strong no yeah. at the time. Uh, I, I said a weak no. Yeah. <laughs> I said a soft no. Uh, but I didn't stick to it if, if he said well, that's just the way it is or, you know, or fought against that no at all, I would be like, okay, all right then, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cause ways or I'm not strong enough to do X, Y, Z or whatever it was. Um, And so, you know, I sort of, when I, when I started, I was like, I don't, I don't want to take the blame for this. This isn't my fault. And then what I've realized is I don't need to take the blame for it to take the responsibility for it. They're two separate things. Mm -hmm. Taking responsibility for it gives me the power to know that I never have to go through that again and that I am much stronger now seeing my part of that whole episode of my life and knowing how I can put those boundaries in place and make them a strong no when they need to be a strong no and not allow my boundaries to be crossed uh, and still look back and go, you didn't know what you didn't know back then. Uh, And so there is no point being down on yourself or taking blame for anything. It's not about that at all. It's just about taking back your power and saying, yeah, I can see where I took part in this. I know now how to not take part in it again. And therefore I feel so much stronger. Um, That is a powerful lesson. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Yes. There is such a a different differentiation between you're not going to be a victim of it, but you do need to recognize your part. Yeah. Because you can't grow if we don't recognize the things that we've done then we're going to just repeat them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the, the scary part. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can see it, you know, it's still, I, I, I so empathize with people that have been victims in those kind of situations and how uh, it, it really isn't their fault. They're not to blame, but until they can see what part they played in it, mm-hmm. how do they know they're not going to be there again? Yeah. Yeah. 
Founders are one of my favorite things to talk about. So <laughs> we yeah. won't travel on down that one because we'll be here forever. <laughs> but I, I know setting the boundaries and being able to look back and see, like you said, where I was allowing people to trounce all over my boundaries um, because yeah. I was super wishy-washy. You know, yeah. I can look back now and see all of that and go, no, oh goodness gracious, I don't want that again. You know, and it, it has served me in future um, I guess we can't call it acquaintances and such when, mm. you know, all of a sudden you get the sign and you're like, Oh, mm. I've been down this road and I'm not going down it again. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> the, the universe actually tested me quite soon after oh. uh, with a very similar situation. And I, I like, it felt so powerful to recognize it. And then go, no, I'm not. This is, you know, I can put my boundary up and I'm walking out of here right now. And nice. Yes. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So, damn it. We always got to talk about damn it. And you already said one of yours. I don't know if you even realized it. Um, but for those that are listening, uh, if you're new to the podcast, Dammits are those things that make you, you. So it's something about your personality that is so ingrained in you. It's so much who you are that when you try to change it, put the filter on it, not be that person when you're around somebody, it, it can cause you to go into depressions. Um, and you had mentioned um, that you're a relator. Mm. So that's definitely one of your dammits on there. And you definitely use it for good, which is... Um, what I always love to find everybody's damnets and then make them use them for good. <laughs> share them and share them and share them. <laughs> but do you have anything else that might be a damnet? Oh yeah, I, I think there's two. There's two for me, um, and one is one is leading, and that's not a a, a role. That's just a way of being. Um, if you speak to my sisters. Uh, I have three younger sisters and I was quite often called bossy <laughs> as we were growing up and it's clearly not bossy. Um, clearly it's just my, my call to lead and, um, you know, I, it's, it's assertiveness and it's leading and it's showing people the way and guiding them and empowering them and all of that, all of that, um, the good leadership stuff that yep. I want to see in others is um, I, I do that. And, and we'll continue to do that no matter what. I can't, you can't stop me. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Bossy's one of mine as well. And every time that I've tried to, to chill it down because there's been a conflict with, you know, somebody else wants yeah. to lead and we'd clash heads, you know, I, I'd have to be away from the situation, you know? Because, because at that point I wasn't owning that fact. You know, my family would tell you I've been Bossy since I was born. <laughs> yeah. And I used yeah. to think it was a negative. I, you know, I used to, back when I, I wasn't co feeling confident about who I was, I would take that as a negative. And they didn't mean that at all. I mean, they are first to call up and say, hey, how about, what do we want to do about this? You know, and I'm like, boom, 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 boom. And they're like, okay, thanks. <laughs> that's exactly it. I love it. Perfect. So yeah, that's what I mean, using it for good. Is once you start, you embrace that, then you know. Then you can step right into that leadership role with confidence that this is who you are, and you, and realizing that not everybody has what you've got. 
Mm, mm. which is which is a big realization I think um particularly like both both relator uh and connecting with people and and leading um I think I used to step back and wait for other people to step up and lead because I thought you know that's fair everybody wants a turn so let them yeah uh and yeah it, it took me a while to realize no not not everybody wants a turn no it's like that age-old age old thing when you're when you're in a classroom and you know the teacher wants you to ask the question because if you don't ask the question there's so many other people that are feeling that same question (laughs) so when you are asking the question you're actually asking it for you know four or five or however many people in the room have that same question Um, yeah I fully embrace that now it's like all right permission to talk (laughs) (laughs) permission to talk especially since I, I don't want to call it a filter for sure, but especially since I, I realize when there's a time to be quiet now. Yeah. Definitely not something I had in my 20s and probably most of my 30s either. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that to me is a really good sign of a leader as well, is that recognition of when to stay quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something I had to learn. <laughs> something I had to learn for sure. But it is definitely a lot more fun when you, when you get that down. Yeah. And, and, and it opens it up for people to communicate more who might've otherwise not felt comfortable, but they heard you talk and heard your, your stories and, and all of that. So they're ready to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. It enriches, it enriches our lives and their lives. I think when we stay silent. Sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I just want to leave it open real quick for you. Is there anything else that you would like to share with my listeners before we wrap up? Uh, I think the only thing I would like to share is um, I was asked a question a a couple of weeks back that really made me stop and think. And that was if you had one thing, that you could share with family or friends or loved ones before you died what would be the the one message that you would want to make sure that you got across um and first of all I love that question and I would love for everybody listening to really think about that question because it's huge and you never know when your time might come and Mm -hmm. You know, if you've told them that message before you die, I think you'll feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the message that I really felt compelled to share with my family and, and friends is, is, and it's, you know, it's not something that hasn't been said, but I'm so passionate about it, is that we only get this one life and we really need to live it as as big as we can as authentically as we can uh and and be out there and make a difference yes um we're not going to get to our deathbed and think gosh dana i didn't finish watching that netflix series right yeah for sure yeah i'd have to say that for me i've been really leaning into telling everybody that i appreciate them mm-hmm And just, just that, I mean, I tell them that, you know, I tell different people that I, I love them, of course, but I, I just felt that different terminology in in the last, I don't know, six, eight months or something like that is, you know, I appreciate you. Mm. I just love that. that. Yeah. Yeah. 
My husband tells me that often. And when he first sort of started saying that, it felt like, what do you mean? What did I do? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now I really, I appreciate him telling me that he appreciates me. It's very nice. Yeah. It's nice not to have that stipulation of why. Yeah. It's just because you're you. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Nice question. I hope everybody's taking a second or two to think on that and then put it into practice as well. Yes. If that's how you're feeling, then get it out there and tell people because like Rochelle said, we don't know. We never know. Um, My motto is live with no regrets. So I totally feel that question. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, that's a far more succinct way of saying it, Val. (laughs) Yeah, live with no regrets. I make the best decision with the information I have right now for me. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to have her information in the show notes that you can follow Rochelle and get to know her. If you are a career mom, definitely want to go check out her groups and get involved in there. Cause I'm like, we're, like she and I were talking before you got to know her. You're either going to love her and know that you need in that group or we won't be good fits. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I knew you were going to be an awesome fit for being on here on the podcast when I read your stuff. So thank you so thank much you. for being on here and being authentic and, and sharing your tips. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a great conversation, possibly more than I needed to tell everybody, but if it, if it helps someone to, to recognize it in themselves, then I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my superpowers too. One of my, <laughs> my dammits, even over, <laughs> even overseas, I have an ability to uh, say, hey, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so thank you everyone for joining us today. I look forward to continuing to guide you into creating your bold life because you deserve to live as your best self.